transformation starts in your mind. What you think is what you feel is what, what you, you do. do. I'm Simon Mangra. And I'm Rose Body. Welcome, Welcome to Mind Your Thoughts Podcast. Hi, in today's episode, we're going to be speaking about mind your food. Um, I just wanted to know to everybody that we are not nutritionalists, but we've both had um, our, I suppose, food journeys. I've always been very fussy with food. Um, and um, as I've got older, I've learned about food a little bit more. And so I can only go from my experience. And I know Suman is actually on that journey now. And she's probably been on that journey a lot longer than just now. So kicking off, as we always say, what's your thoughts on food, Suman? <laughs> I have plenty of foods, food for thought, as they say. Um, uh, I do want to just echo what you've said. Yes, we're not specialists at all. Uh, we're not nutritionalists. We're not dietitians. We're not experts in the field. And we don't certainly have any certifications as such uh, for this. Um, however, um, earlier this year, I did end up working with a food coach, well, fertility coach, should I say. And a lot of it was around gut health and and learning a lot about gut health from somebody who was a specialist and an expert. My eyes got open to a lot of things. Now, over the years, I have had a lot of, um, I don't like to use the word struggles, but I'm going to use it here because I feel like it will resonate with the audience, whoever's listening in. Mm -hmm. I have had my challenges. I am a plus size um, female and that itself brings its own little, you know, factors in life about, you know, diet, exercise, health, etc. And uh, just everything that comes with that. So yeah, there's been an interesting journey with food. I've, I definitely have been the type of person who's uh, being a very much comfort eater, emotional eater, but also culturally, because being from an Indian background, um, and I think, I know Rose, you will also relate based on your background, but we we have food for every occasion. We have food when we're sad. We have food when we're happy, when we're celebrating. <laughs> we have food, we're supposed to be eating food just to eat, to live day by day anyway, but we ha have any excuse where food ends up being part of the, the whole package. Um, so yeah definitely been an interesting journey and I think it was only when I started working with a fertility coach that I realized how quite maybe I don't want to use negative words here but there was certain things that I was definitely eating on a regular basis and had a habit and patterns of which were not fully serving me and after making certain switches and they were quite extreme to start with I did two months worth of cutting a lot of things out which I'll talk about a bit later but yeah, just um, putting those things out made massive difference to me when it came to energy, my mind fog, my, you know, uh, physical energy uh, and a lot of other things on top of that, including digestive issues as well. So it definitely has been uh, particularly more of an interesting journey for me this year, but definitely I've been doing loads of different research and learning stuff over the years. And sometimes it's, you know, you end up, <laughs> pardon the pun, you consume the information <laughs> but you don't necessarily apply it. Yes, I I totally I totally agree with you. Um, because I think most of us we we do know that 
you know, food is, you know, we are what we eat. I mean, obviously there was a program about that and it, it is so true. But I think most of us, as you said, I mean, food is like a reward in a lot of, I think I would say even in my culture, West Indian culture, you know, you get together, you cook food, everybody eats. You go around yes. to eat more just the weekend. It's like the symbolism of family and yeah. togetherness. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is about the togetherness. So I think we don't want to lose that. That's great. But I think it's also being mindful of the types of food that we have and, and the way we prepare it, which is what I think I started doing more of. Because I have to be honest, I have a sweet tooth. I love things like snacks, crisps, that sort of thing. Thanks. And I've had, to, I've had to think about how they were impacting on me because I have to, I've had a lot of stomach issues because of that but I've also had skin issues because I eat I was eating a lot of sugary stuff because I just love cakes and that you know I do like them but I also believe that when we're having food we have to have everything in moderation I don't believe everything completely however I believe in having it in moderation now and that has taken a lot of training and retraining myself (laughs) you know over the years now to the point that I would say that where I, I, I realized that I could have, because I have got a sweet tooth, one of the things I realized was that I could replace the sugary stuff that I was having with fruits instead and get my natural sweetness from that. And I also realized, yeah. I also realized that um, I needed that. I was having the sweet stuff for energy. So I was able to because of trial and error. And I would say to the listeners, this a lot of the things that both me and Suman have done over the years, and obviously Suman actually working with somebody on a professional basis, some of it has been trial and error as well. So yeah. that's how we've learned about our food. I think most of it. And then I started to look into food because of my skin. I I my skin, I I was end up having um getting loads of acne in my back and on my face and I'd been prone to that from in my teenage years but it didn't seem most people say oh you get rid of acne as when you come out of your teenage years but that's, no, not, that's not true that's I've right been in a similar situation too when I was actually in my mid-20s when I had the most flare-up my, my skin to be honest touch wood through my teenage years had not uh, hardly been that bad at all mm-hmm. my mid-20s though it was as if I was a teenager then and I had so much bad acne on my, uh, especially particularly my face. Um, yeah. So yeah, I do, I do feel where you're coming from. Yeah. But I suppose it could also, we have to realize that it can also be related to hormones, but then are those hormones, are they triggered because of the things we're putting in our body? Because you know what I mean? So you've just said that. Yeah. 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 So it could it could all be sort of related to that. And also, uh, one of the things I had noted, and I didn't do this, it was my daughter. When she was, she was probably about 18 then. What she did is she, again, she's a bit of a sugar freak like myself. Probably mm-hmm. obviously got that bad habit from us, from me. <laughs> um, what she did is she decided to have a month where she did have no sugar. And this was what I'd say, this is a long time now. You know, she was 18 then. She had no sugar at all. And what we noticed 
where she was really frustrated. She was always quite a frustrated person. But when she actually cut the sugar out of her diet, replaced it with eating more nuts and and seeds and that sort of thing, she really went, she really went all in with it. We found she became a calm person. That's interesting. I know. It was absolutely amazing that she actually had become a lot calmer. And I would say that I became more focused when I changed how I ate. And especially with regards to the sugar and having that energy, actually having things like smoothies in the morning and having, you know, foods like, you know, strawberries and pineapple, um, that sort of stuff. I realized that I actually was a lot more focused. I didn't feel as tired. I didn't feel as lethargic. And again, this is just my experience. And that's how I found it. And I found that I was better with that. And at one point I went on a, um, a, a diet of every lunchtime, all I had was pineapple and Greek yogurt. And my skin seemed to improve my performance. I don't know, maybe it's psychological, we could say that. But at that time, mm-hmm. it seemed that my performance increased, increased so much at work, my productivity. So again, as I say, I don't know what other people's experiences are. Uh, but that's my sort of experience with food and the different things. And even for health purposes, things like ginger, I don't drink tea or coffee, so I don't have any kind of caffeine stuff. I drink a lot of lemon, uh, ginger, um, peppermint, and I actually make those things myself. Again, this is because of all the changing of the stomach issues. Um, I hadn't drunk tea and coffee for years anyway. But because I had so many stomach issues, that was another thing. And they were the things that I've used to calm my stomach. So that's some of my experience. What about yourself? With, with regards to the types of food that you was eating, soon, and especially when you was going through this journey with the, um, what's your hormone? Yeah, so touching on that. So, because we just, just touched on that a moment ago as well about maybe what you're eating or putting in your body can affect your hormones. So working with a fertility coach, she was talking about um, the estrogen that a woman produces is produced from the gut. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I don't think that's the only hormone, but she said there's quite a few hormones that are produced from the gut. So she goes, that's why gut health is so important in order for the right hormones to be produced by our bodies. And I find that quite fascinating in itself. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting because a lot of people at the time I was on my journey and started the journey then, people were giving me a lot of like weight loss advice. And it was so weird when I was explaining to people, hang on a minute, guys, I'm not actually doing a weight loss program. Weight loss is going to happen as a byproduct of the changes and the shifts because of naturally when you're not eating certain foods and you're increasing your activity and that whole calorie deficit type of equation that our body does automatically my body was going to lose weight but the aim for me and my focus was not on weight loss the focus on me was improving my gut health so this is something I do want to talk a little bit more about because it was such a weird space that I was in when a lot of people like wow that's so much willpower because I was tracking all of my journey on my Instagram stories and people were following me and they were seeing what I was doing on a daily basis of the meals I was making um, and I was uh, sharing recipes with people and I was showing people in the morning when I was having certain shakes, protein shakes with my fruit, which uh, and, and totally cutting out my tea as well and cutting out sugar. So going into that, the, the main elements of my diet consisted of cutting out dairy, 
uh, cutting out carbs and gluten foods. So gluten in itself, which is in a lot of carby foods, cutting out the gluten meant automatically cutting out carbs um, and uh, increasing salads, increasing, you know, uh, vegetables, having two or three veg with my food, which is again, something that I'm not habituated to. I'm used to having my food with, you know, maybe potatoes, maybe with rice, maybe with, you know, some kind of bread or maybe with pasta. So, so I'm taking that out and then replacing that and uh, just being mindful of certain ingredients. Cause even when we're putting like dressings on in our food or like certain like sauces and stuff, they all had wheat in them and gluten in them. And I was so surprised. I never had even thought that gluten could be in those products. So, um, that was the main part of it. So it was the sugar, the gluten and the dairy was the main elements of it. And honestly, for me, that was mad because Every morning, I'm. you say you don't have tea or coffee. I have a cup of tea every single morning at the time. And so for me, I was thinking that's going to be a bit difficult. The yes. process where I've seen myself go through was for three to four days up to the fourth day. The first three days are always the trickiest because yes. all of a sudden stopping. Because I went, like, as they say, cold turkey. I, I went straight from having it to not having it. You know, I just had a date that I was going to start and that's the date that I started. Now, those first two, three days were a bit tricky. I had headaches, dehydration type headaches. I had to drink extra water and I'm not used to drinking more water. Um, and I, I did feel a bit tired and um, they call it ketosis headache because your body's kicking into a ketosis mode. Yeah. So the fourth day, and even one of my good friends who does a lot of work around nutrition was saying, don't worry, give it one or two more days, stick at it. The fourth day, you're going to feel amazing. And no word of a lie, the fourth day, I don't know what burst of energy I had, but I was like, I felt the best I've ever felt in ages. And I felt so good. And I was just like, wow. And I realized actually when I was just being very much more mindful and calculated with A, preparing and deciding what I'm going to make for the week, it, it led towards me being very calculated and decisive in my uh, shopping. And that way I was able to keep on top of it a lot more. I mean, being working at home now as well, it's actually, I found it a lot easier to do than when I've worked in offices in the past. Yeah. And so, yeah, it definitely was massive shifts for me. On the whole, I will say, I found it actually quite easy to do uh, when people were just like, wow, you've had so much willpower. And I said to them, it wasn't about willpower. It was about a decision that I'd made because willpower comes from, oh, there's a biscuit over there and I really, really want it, but I'm going to stop myself from having it. That's a resistive energy. And that is when people crumble or fall, you know, fall into that trap. Whereas for me, it was just like, I looked at that as that's gluten and sugar, which is not part of my routine right now. So that's, I'm not going to have that. So when I was just looking at it in a totally different way, it just didn't even cross my mind. I actually had a box of biscuits in my office the whole two months and I didn't go for them and I didn't want them because my, I guess my eyes were on the prize and my focus was on, I really want to commit to this gut health reprogramming and also a big massive psychological factor was I did put a lot of money towards this fertility coach too. So I think there was a, there's always a psychological factor there. When you invest a lot more, you're going to be more committed. Yes, 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 that is true. That is true. Because you're investing in yourself and yeah. you want to see a return on your investment. Mm -hmm. And so you decided that, you know, this is what I want to do. But then what I want to ask you, is so the results that you've had now after that time and we're speaking today um 
at this time of recording, what were the significant results that you got from that and the benefits and anything that you are taking now in your life from all that experience going through that? So one big part of the journey was um, the coach specifically had said to me um, to not uh, weigh yourself daily or regularly. Mm -hmm. She said, do it at the start of the program and maybe at the end of month one. So <laughs> I found that quite strange because I was a bit curious halfway through. But you do, as you notice, you start noticing the shifts. Um, for me, when I started incorporating walking into my journey as well, which was separate to the food stuff, but definitely walking more, I noticed um, on the first week or so, I had to build myself up to start doing more walks. But after the second week, third week, I got used to it. My joints were feeling more better. I was running up and down the stairs much more easier. Before it was like I was finding it a bit tricky or I was getting out of breath coming up the stairs. That went and I noticed that. Um, and then with regards to my own personal physical self, I did see my skin glowing more. I did feel my clothes getting a bit looser on me. I did also notice uh, my, you know, bathroom <laughs> uh, process was a lot easier for me and my stomach issues weren't as you know, they, they'd kind of gone, you know, I, I'm somebody who suffers from like, um, uh, heartburn and indigestion and I get a lot of like acid reflux and that, that went too. So there was definitely so many benefits. The biggest shift definitely based on, I, I did track my inches as well and I did mm -hmm. track my weight itself. So over lockdown, I'd actually put on over a stone from staying at home and being indoors and not going out and about as much. Um, and I was just like, whoa. Like this is definitely going in the wrong direction for what my, I'm trying to work on here. And the biggest achievement I had was I actually lost the lockdown weight in a month, about a month and a half. I was able to shift that weight. So that was the, my biggest um, achievement. However, since the last couple of months, I have slowly started incorporating certain things back into my diet. And even though the weight went down, the weight has been fluctuating now and a tiny bit going up, tiny bit going down. So. It was something I've definitely been talking about recently. And I'm just actually really excited that we spoke about this topic today because it was only like in the last couple of days I've been reevaluating actually what was I doing that was working really well for me those few months ago and what can I start doing again now? Wow, that's, a, that, that's fantastic. So let me ask you, you know, when I've been, since I've been doing this food journey as well, like yourself, so mm -hmm. one of the things I started to look in is to research the types of food that I, I eat. Did you do yeah. anything like that? Like, look at, you know, you hear people talk about the super foods, um, you know, things like, you know, the, the green leafy type of veg and things like black, um, blueberries and, and that sort of thing. Did you yeah. do any research behind anything to do with the types of foods, especially when you were doing the recipes? Because I, I did send you on Instagram. I think it was on Instagram or on Facebook. I saw some of those recipes and when you were cooking, I did play that. But did you have, did you do any additional research into the types of foods that you were eating or was that done for you in that course, in that course, or did you do anything additional to the thing that yeah. you person you were working with? So that's a really great question. So it was actually a bit 50, 50. So I was provided a bunch of recipes from the specialists, um, which kind of had the whole process on them, the ingredients that I would have needed for those, um, recipes. Um, I gave them a goal. Majority of them were really nice, but one or two, I wasn't that keen on. Um, so I tried them, but I was like, I, I don't think I'll make this again, but most of them I was like, oh, I definitely have this again. 
So that was good. Um, yes, on on that journey, it was interesting because, you know, you were talking about pineapple. So the first thing that's coming in my head, and it's because of the training from her, um, there's certain fruits that are actually higher, high, quite high in sugar. So we should we can have them, but we still need to limit our intake of them. So bananas, uh, pineapples, and like uh, mangoes, for example, are high sugar fruits. But it's not about not having them. For me, it was just like, if I have one, I'm not having one a day. I was having one every, you know, once in a week or once, twice or three times max in a week, keeping an eye out for that. So mm -hmm. on the back of that, I did do a bit of research on uh, what fruits do have the least sugar, which fruits have the highest sugar. So when I knew what the low sugar fruits were, I was aiming to try and get them when I was going shopping. So that was one thing. Um, I also did look into the vegan options of things, but I will say that's a whole other ball game because most of that stuff is actually still very highly processed food. Yes. And a lot of it, especially the plant-based food, had wheat in every single thing. So because of the gluten in it, I didn't have it. Um, and that was an interesting thing to notice because I didn't even know that until I started looking and researching. Um, the other thing I did do was as well, I went on YouTube quite a bit to find alternatives. So where I can't use normal flour in certain, like, baking or cooking that I was doing I was thinking what are the alternatives so I started experimenting a lot sometimes I'd look at and I do this anyway but this was something I did a little bit more because my focus was on it I look at two or three different versions of doing something and then I kind of make my own version of something uh, so I, I do find it exciting doing that but I will say on the flip side as as easy as I'm making it sound it did take up a lot of my time and energy and my attention should I say so it, it does take a lot of commitment, but I feel like once you get into the habit of it, which is probably where you're kind of at, it becomes second nature. And on that note, I did want to ask you, how long has it been since you've been on your journey? Because mine's been like a lot more recently, but from my understanding, you've actually been on this journey a, a lot more longer. Well, I have to be honest, I've always been the fussy one in my family when it comes to food. <laughs> So this has been going, me and my, my, my relationship with food has always been like this since I've been a, a child. There was at yeah. one point that I would, I, I, I don't really, I will eat meat, but I've never really liked it. So I would eat it sometimes and then I wouldn't. And there was all the occasions when I was young that I wouldn't eat anything to do any sort of pork meat or anything. I don't eat that at all still now. Um, and then there was a time that I wouldn't eat beef. Then there was a time I wouldn't eat, you know, all sorts of things. There's just all sorts of things that have gone backwards and forwards. But the one thing I've gone through a few phases with that. Yeah, I, yeah, I've gone through a lot of phases. Um, okay. And then there was, but the one thing that I've have always loved has always been my fruit and veg. That has been consistent. Yes, I've always I like my sweet stuff and cakes and that as well. But that's something that I've never really gone off. I think I only one time, the only thing I ever did go off was some was beans and pulses at one point. Um, but now um, I would say to you, I've been quite consistent for a, probably the past probably 12, 13 years where I've been quite consistent with the types of foods I eat. But also... Um, one of the things that I, I noted from what you were saying about that being time consuming, it was very, very time consuming in the beginning. But I also went down the road of getting involved with things like herbal life to be, to yeah. be able to eat healthier. And then I came away from that and then I went into something else until I eventually got to the point where I am now where 
I just cook everything fresh myself and try to avoid processed stuff because as you say, yes. there's so many um, additives, things added to the food that we don't even realize. So I'm, I now do most things from scratch myself. So yeah. that's the one thing I would say, but it, yes, it is more time consuming. However, on a positive side, as you get better with it, one thing I will say, as you get better, I'm more accustomed to looking at the food, researching the food, and it becomes second nature. What happens is that your shopping bill tends to be, I always say fruit and veg is expensive, but it just depends on where you go. You can shop around. You don't have to go to like a major supermarket where it may be a little bit more expensive. You could go to markets for that. What you find is when you're buying precious stuff, you, you find that you will actually plan your meals for that and then you can plan it that whatever you're using because it's fresh and you want to use it up there's less waste because you can then reinvent another meal with that thing that you did from the day before which is what I tend to do or I always repurpose my meal for something else yeah so I have less waste so I try that's what I try to do now and I wouldn't say I spend as much money as I used to but probably that's because I'm now so stuck in my way with doing things that you, do you know what I mean? In, in a particular fashion. But at first it, it is a bit of a culture shock because it's, it's very time consuming at first, especially when you're having to use effort to think, well, recipes and so forth. And like you, I still use recipe books, but what I do is I always add my own little flavor. Yeah. Okay. How to change it that way. Yeah. And then if there's foods I don't like, because there's still foods, there's some fruit and veg that I don't like. Yeah, the same. Very small, small proportion. But there's things I probably eat and I don't like, or I put things together and the dot tastes good, and then I won't do that. I put them separate. Yeah, yeah. It's just I would say it's trial and error. Like in yeah, it's it definitely trial and error, and definitely experimenting, and that's how you get the idea of what do I like more of, what do I not yeah. like, what do I find easier to do. I think that that thing that you said about fruit being expensive. I'll be honest. It's actually very expensive living a lifestyle where people eat out all the time. And yes, that, didn't pay exactly. that actually adds up. And for the bit that you might think you're saving or you might even save in comparison, the cost of it, you need to think of what's the cost of it in the long run to your yeah. energy, your hormones, your skin, your digestion, your health. Because this, as they say, health is wealth. And I, I mean, I know it's probably a big, bigger topic than what we can discuss here. But, you know, a lot of people say they say, um, your what you eat is actually where you can be preventative stage for a lot of issues because a lot of people go to medication afterwards when certain health issues come up as a result of poor diet and you can like avoid a lot of that by just eating the the right foods um in that like mindful way to start with yes i i do i do agree i mean if we go down the whole road of medication I don't take any medication and I'm not saying to anybody that's what you need to do, but I have started to research foods, how to do them. So if I have a cold, I don't go and buy, you know, benalin. I will have, I would make up um, lemon and ginger and honey. So I, I, I've got, luckily I've, where we are, I've been able to source somewhere where they actually had, they've got hives and they actually produce honey. 
So they've yeah. got the honey there. So I actually go and source that. So that's what I've done. So I've been using that. Some of that as well, I would have to say, it's not just the case of I've just researched it. When I was a young girl and living with my grandma, she just did everything natural from scratch. So I think a lot of it was all yeah, yeah, influenced. Yes. So That's a good. lot of the stuff I've remembered. And so I, I saw stuff and, you, and used that. And as you said about the expense, a lot of people say it's more expensive when you start going down the eating more fruit and eating more veg, fresh veg. But you're right, because going out and eating out every night as opposed to preparing that meal. There's also a, there's also a psychological thing to it because I really love to prepare a meal because it also shows that love. You know, we talked yeah. about at the beginning about us getting together as a family yeah. and that sort of thing. Well, I believe that me preparing that meal is a form of love as well. So yeah. we show love through food, but we can show it in a different way because some people use it to, you know, to replace the love. But yeah. it's also about giving, and you can mm. have that by having better food. If you just yeah. do where I'm coming this from. This is an interesting thing that my coach said a lot to me. She goes, you're actually showing yourself more self-love by eating better food right. because... A lot of times uh, we only go towards those junk foods and those our bodies goes into this addictive space because we're not giving it the right nutrition. That's why we always feel a bit more hungry because if we actually give it more nutritious food to start with, it you won't have those cravings and stuff. An interesting thing she actually shared with me, which I do want to share in this space, was that, mm -hmm. and I love the concept, um, and it's all around when you think, you know, you've even said it today, I've got a sweet tooth, I like sugary foods. She actually said it's not the person that likes the sugar. She said it's your bacteria in your gut that likes it. Like your gut has a mind of its own. For example, yes. let's say hypothetically, um, your gut has a mind of its own. And once you feed it sugar, what it's done is a bad bacteria comes to the surface and it pushes a good bacteria to the back. A bit like, you know, you get these bullies in a field. The bullies are pushing all the good people in the back and coming to the front. Now, the food that they keep craving, what they crave then is the sugar. So then they give you the craving and you then automatically attach yourself to saying, this is my craving and you'll go and eat that food to satisfy that craving. What you're actually doing is satisfying that gut bacteria. So actually when I went through the detox phases and I stopped having the sugar, mm -hmm. actually what I was doing was, and how she described it is that you're slowly killing off that bad bacteria, the bullying bacteria, I like to label it. And when that dies off and it's no longer there, the good bacteria comes to the surface. So when you do actually eat good foods, it actually takes the nourishment from it. Because when you still got the bad bacteria lining your stomach and you're eating good foods, you're actually not being able to absorb the goodness from it as much. So cleaning that gut wall and gut lining. And I also like the fact that you brought up the fact that you were part of herbal life in the past. As you know, I've been part of forever living. And that's all to do with aloe vera and drinking aloe vera first thing in the morning to help cleanse the gut lining because the lining of your gut is, is very important in the, what gets absorbed in the walls of your intestines and stuff. So again, I don't want to go into too much of a bio biology lesson here, but definitely yeah, gut health is very important for many different reasons. And, um, yeah, um, I also, for some reason, it's just come in my head to share this now as well. You know, you're talking about research. I went as far as to even research um, what what uh, what fruits and veg can I freeze and not freeze? Because the biggest issue I did have was 
have been in such a habit of having shelf life food like pastas yeah. and rice that you yeah. can have when you're covered in your cupboard for ages, right? Going all the way to fresh foods that spoil really quick and you have to kind of quick time use them before they get bad. Yeah. I still have to think how's the way I can maximize this food without it going bad. And the, the best way is actually to cook the food and pre-plan your meals, do batch cooking and freeze them. And that way they're good to go when you want to eat. So when some people thinking they don't have the time to cook, definitely think ahead, plan ahead. And, and you can do it. It is just all about being smart with your time. Yes, yes, yes. Um, th I'm, 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 that is really good because when you said about the freezing of the fruits, I was going to say, well, most fruits you can freeze because yeah. I, I do buy fresh. Yeah, on the water content of them, yeah. Yeah, well, I have to be, I suppose it's how you, um, one of the things I find is that if I, even with pineapple, I do it with pineapple, I do it with um, um, blueberry, I do it with strawberries. What I do is when I get them fresh, I chop them up straight away and then freeze freeze it straight away. So what I found is that that then holds it quicker than in the leaving it until it starts to perish, you know, sometimes. So I actually take the time to actually prepare that food and yeah. you know really chop it and then that's really interesting that that actually reminds me of what we actually did in our family growing up uh we'd get because of the indian cooking we do we put a lot of ginger garlic and green chilies in our food so yeah. i remember always sitting with my mom where she'd get they'd buy loads and yeah. they'd sit there for like a period of time and we'd we'd basically mince it all up and put it into the freezer into little like uh, yeah. uh almost like little chunks and then once it's all frozen, we stick it into a pub. So when we're cooking, we just take out as much as we need and we just pop it straight in. So we don't have to, it actually saved us time from when we're cooking to have to do it at the time of cooking. So that reminds me of that. And um, I, I totally get why you would do that. And I guess that's something I don't do with fruits at the moment, but I think that's a really useful tip you've just given us. So I really yeah. appreciate that. Thanks. <laughs> no problem. Even what you've said, I do that as well with ginger, with with garlic, even for the lemon. I we every day I have lemon. So what I do is I'll probably get I, I get the lemons and I boil them and I'm I then strain it and then I've got that in the fridge to have over the the course of a few days through the week. So it's a, it it is about, I suppose in a way, being organized and with this is about mm -hmm. food. But everything comes into it, a bit of organisation, um, research of the types of food you want to eat. And what I would say is that a best, a tip that I would give anybody who's thinking, well, you know, I'd like to do this, but I don't know where to start. Start changing one thing at a time. Yeah. I, a bit like my, yeah, like my daughter, she, she, she just decided that she would remove the sugar and that's mm -hmm. what she said, she, uh, what she would do. And I've had friends who said, okay, I'm going to just remove the caffeine. I'm not going to have a cup of coffee on the morning, which is when I usually have it. I'm going to replace it with something which is a little bit better. Try yeah. to do some, you know, some sort of a herbal tea or something. Start one place or start yeah. drinking, say, okay, then today I'm going to start drinking a bit more water. But if you've never been drinking water, why not say, well, I'll have a one glass of water per day yeah. and then increase as you go along and so the pop, pop your drink out for a, a glass of water as much as you like i know that fruity drink would taste better but trust yeah. me on this one just switching that one thing will make a massive difference yeah that, that's all i would suggest is that 
as a starting point and then note down the changes you've had by doing that one thing because yeah. you will notice something there will be something and then that will then give you the encouragement to go and do the next thing and yeah. the next thing and that's that's the that's where I would go with that because as I said I'm not an expert on it I can only tell you about my journey and how I've done things <laughs> yeah there's been a lot of trial and error but it's it's good because then you and, learn. And you know, even on that note, I'm still going through my trial and error because I've slowly started introducing certain things back into my diet. So I'm kind of still experimenting with it for sure. But I did want to give a bit of a disclaimer there as well. So just to give a shout out, first of all, to the lady I've been working with. Her name's Sue Ritchie. If anybody wants further information, let me know. Um, but if you if you search for her under the name Sue, S-U-E, Ritchie is R-I-T-C-H-I-E. Uh, she does fertility work and she helps people get into the optimal uh, gut health. Um, so reach out to her. A part of my program with her as well, I did actually have a, a bunch of supplements and, um, you know, protein shakes and particular um, fiber type dietary things. So it wasn't just the food. I was having these other things as well on top of the the diet change. So um, it's not that straightforward as it might be sounding, but I'm hoping from the things I've shared today, there might be something that anybody can take away. And um, I did want to just say on the flip side, there's some people out there who absolutely love eating. They enjoy eating. I want you guys to know that if you'd like to do that and that's what you want to do, that's fine as well. We, we don't, we're not putting this podcast together for judgment on anyone. It's just oh. about, sometimes it's just raising that awareness and just having that little bit of understanding that if there is particular occurring themes, like i.e. with your skin, maybe with your joints, maybe with your digestion, you know, your energy, then definitely think about starting at the diet point and assessing where you're at and, and what, what shifts you can maybe make. The other thing as well, um, just to quickly add in, when we were talking about the costs in the long run, honestly, when your health fails, you won't want, and, and in the future, you'd be in that space where you might be dependent on medications. There's certain activities you can't do anymore. It might even mean that you're out of work. Just think to yourself that will cost a lot more in the future so please don't be in the mindset that it costs too much or it's too much time consuming to do it now now is the time to do it if you're going to do it that's all I'm going to say on that one <laughs> well I would like to add um I have a saying that this that um I can't remember where I found the saying but it's I always say this to my daughters if it's hard if it's hard in the beginning it will be easy in the end. Yeah. If, it's easy in, if it's easy in the beginning, it will hard in the end. And where would you wow. prefer it to be hard at the beginning or at the end? So that's one of the things I would say. And uh, another thing I would like to add is that if there is any nutritionalists, dietitians who are actually listening to this and would actually want to come on a podcast with us, we would love to do that because we'd love to hear a more expert side of things which one it'll help, us, it'll help educate our audience but it also help educate us because it's something that you know I'm interested in and Suman's interested in and I would say I love to eat as well and so I'm being honest I think most of it was because I love to eat but I also realized that the things I was eating weren't helping me and I wanted to continue eating nice things was why I went on the journey. So that's the positive side of that, because it's not about, you know, if, if, if you want whatever you want to do and it's right for you, 
continue. And definitely um, there's this element of where you can substitute quite a bit and doing that trial and error, you can work out what substitutes you like and you can, you you might even realize you prefer the substitute version of something. So you just never know. Um, I do want to give another quick shout out to um, the YouTube channel, Pick Up Limes. Um, one of the channels I came across whilst doing my research and they're fantastic, fantastic channel. Um, the way that they talk over different, uh, the, the lady, I forgot her name right now on the top of my head, but the lady who does that channel, um, the way she does the recipes and um, all of it's like really healthy eating and it's just a really feel good channel. So definitely check that out too. Brilliant. Okay, so anybody wants to get in touch with us, as always, our email is mavenbody at gmail.com. That's M-A-V-E-N-B-O-D-D-I-E at gmail.com. And we'll leave you that now with that food for thought. Until next time. <laughs> Thank you for listening to us today. Next time you feel distraught, remember to mind your thoughts.